Hey guys, GBC podcast, long time no podcast, 39. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. It's been a while, guys, and it's just um, been sort of crazy on everybody's end, I think, between weather and illness. But we're so happy to be in Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. New Year. Um, We're really happy to be here. So uh, I know that we promised last time, I'm sure you all remember, (laughs) um, what to expect when you're expecting. And I am personally excited about that one. But we're going to hold off one week for that because my friend Shane over here is actually um, pretty excited about his message (laughs) this Sunday. And Shane, you rarely say that. I rarely say that. That's true. Um, and maybe not necessarily because I'm not excited. I just I, yeah. I don't. Sometimes I guess I get more excited than others. And this one I am. And I, and I think probably it's because I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever preached this before. Like I've, I've used this as a call out, like as an example. Um, or I lean into the, the attitude that's being addressed by Jesus in this mm-hmm. um, as a call out probably pretty often. Maybe a couple of sermons a month actually. Because um, I think it's always applicable, but I've never, to, to my knowledge, I've never, I've never preached on it, um, and I guess I'm, I'm saying that because when I got into studying it and going, first leaning into it, like, all right, how am I going to preach a whole message on this? Well, how cool is that that you've preached this possibly before, but not exactly the same way? Am I hearing you right? Yeah. So like, so so when I say so, okay, so the attitude that Jesus is addressing in this passage is anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's likening murder and anger like together, and so so all the time. Like I'll I'll do a call out um, when I'm saying you know uh, maybe for some of you you know it's anxiety, and I'll start talking about anxiety for a minute, or you know, or for some of you it is jealousy or yeah. whatever you're you know, or and then I'll I'll tag anger in there or bitterness or your frustration or those kinds of things. Like to hand those over, get rid of those kinds of things um, in your life. So. That's what I mean, I guess, by call out. Like I'll, totally. I'll, I'll, I'll use this. I'll reference this passage. I'll talk about getting rid of your anger. You need to let that go. Um, and um, but, I, but I don't know that I've ever preached it. Well, I'm really excited. So, do you want to read it to us? It is. It is kind of long, but what he got out of it is so applicable. Applicable. Wow, that's kind of hard to say. Okay, ready? Go. Yeah. So this is Matthew chapter five, verses twenty-one through twenty-six. I'll just read it all to you, so you got it. So you've heard that it was said to people long ago, "You shall not murder," and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, "Raka," is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be danger, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who has taken you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. So that's it. That's the passage. And so when I talk about call out, I guess, you know, the the whole addressing anger is call out. But I've also talked about the whole... um, aspect of reconciliation that Jesus is so serious about it that he says, you know, if you're bringing your gift to the altar and you realize somebody's got something against you, leave your gift there, go make things right, and then come back. Which, you know, again, it's it's fun as a call out, but to be able to preach this, I don't know, I'm just, I, I'm excited to be able to do it um, because it, it takes on a whole new depth 
because I'm not breaking this down and using any one of it, but it's it's all coming together because it was all it was all meant to be together. It's all said to be together. You know, it's all this is all speaking about the exact same thing. Although there's you know a solid three, you know, firm examples, different examples in there. Uh, is it fair for me to reference the other scripture that we both said, which was, um, you know, oh, I always say it wrong. As, as far, much as, yeah. as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Yeah, yeah live, or li- live at peace with each other. Um, and that's the whole idea. Yeah, and I think, I think that's communicating the same thing when it comes to reconciliation. Paul says it, and we may have talked about this even last time, actually. I can't remember. Um, but our calling to be ministers of reconciliation, like that's our ministry. Um, to reconcile a thing is to make it right, you know, to seek to make it right. And I think one of the things that we do is we, we sometimes, like we know that, we understand that, but we're too okay with not reconciling. Yeah. You know, we're too okay with the idea of just letting it go um, or letting it be uh, maybe or you know, I'm just going to move on, but we, we never actually seek the reconciliation. And yet that's the thing that we're always called to. So as, as people who belong to God, followers of Jesus, like we are called to pursue reconciliation. Now, it's not our responsibility to try to actually make the reconciliation happen. Like that, that's out of our hands. We can't do that. I can't make a person reconcile who doesn't want to reconcile. But what we are called to is to pursue the reconciliation. Well, so you say seek to make it right, but the first thing that popped in my mind was not to be right. Like I'm not going to go, Okay, yeah. you know, That's just be saying. like, Shane, yep. we should talk, but really you should see it my way. Yeah, no, 100%, right? That's uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> But for, isn't that what we do sometimes? We're like, exactly hey, let's talk. Do. This is where I was coming from. Yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. Or, um, well, you misunderstood me. I do it all the time, yeah. For sure. And you guys, you're really not hearing me. You're not. Just, yep, that's exactly right. We're just trying to break the other person's will to ours. Um, and so, yeah, that's not pursuing reconciliation. The reconciliation is, uh, it really is, a, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. It starts with an attitude. It starts with the heart. That's what Jesus is, is certainly addressing um, here. Um, but um, it's not easy. It's oftentimes not easy, but it's always better um, when we actually go through the movements and, and we're just faithful to do what Jesus said to do, to pursue it with one another. Well, and what really sticks out to me is that God doesn't hear you when you come to the altar. If you know somebody is upset with you and you haven't tried to reconcile, he doesn't hear you. Yeah, so, so throughout the whole council of Scripture, I mean, you see this, you see God prioritizing attitude, the heart, over the practice, right? I mean, it's, it is, it's predominant, not just in the New Testament, um, because we're talking about something that Jesus said here, you see this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You see it throughout. So you have passages all throughout the Old Testament that say things like, um, um, God says, you know, I, you know I, I don't care about your burnt offerings. I don't care about your sacrifices. Um, they mean nothing to me. You know, you, you're, you do this and you say these and you have your religious rituals. He goes, and yet your heart is far from me. And that's God's point over and over again. Man, you look great on the outside. You got the motions down. You're doing it. You're keeping the religious practices. Checking it. But they mean nothing to God. Yeah. He says that. They mean nothing to me because your heart's not right. Your heart is far from me. Same thing here. Jesus is saying, hey, if, if you're coming to church, if you're coming to worship, to use our vernacular um, and not the temple, and you're there to you know, give your offering or lift up your voice and praise God, and you realize 
your brother or sister. So this is specific language that's not referring to your blood relative, right? This is, this is, um, these are brothers and sisters in Christ. This is that, these are people who belong to God. You remember that someone who also belongs to God, just like you do, that they've got something against you, which I think is remarkable. It really is. Because I don't know about you, but I got a hard enough time taking care of me. Managing my own attitude. Yeah. (laughs) My own behavior. What's coming out of my mouth. um, And I'm not good at any of it. And now Jesus, you're saying, hold up. If I realize that somebody else has got an issue. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even do anything, Jesus. I didn't even say anything. Like, it's not my fault. It's It's not my problem that they're upset with me. They shouldn't even be upset with me. I mean, we can come up with a thousand excuses. Totally. And yet Jesus' point is so extreme. And I think he means it this way. Like, it's, it's written this way. I think he's, he's 100% dropping the mic and making a point to say, yeah. And when you realize that, you have the responsibility to go to that person and make it right. Seek reconciliation. Pursue it. They may not want to reconcile. You can't do anything about that. But don't let what you think they don't want or will do or won't do, don't let that be an excuse for you to be disobedient. You go and pursue it. And then you trust God with the rest of it. Like, that's the call. So he says, leave your gift at the altar. Go make things right, and then come back and offer it. So it's like, so on Sunday morning, I'm going to preach that. And people are like, crap, I got, you know. So before you preach it, you're going to need to go, you're going to need to go reconcile with whoever it is. No, I'm kidding. Um, Well, let me give you a scripture, another scripture, which I hope that you will agree. Um, Hebrews, I think it's 1024. And let us consider how we may spur each other on toward love and good deeds. Yeah. I think I I think I got it all. Yeah. I I just memorized that one, but it just makes me like that's what this podcast is here for. Mm-hmm. You know, for us to help, you know, spur you on and and vice versa, um for us to remind each other that these are the things that we are supposed to be doing. Absolutely. in uh, there's I, I like I, I don't I may have said I can't remember if I said this before we started recording or since we started recording, but we've got that like there's we have this responsibility um when it comes to our relationship with, with Jesus, um, that we would allow that faith, that relationship, what God is doing within us to come out, right? Because uh, he he, Jesus is always leaning into our attitude, into our heart. Um, and that ought to be coming out in the way that we live our life. If yeah. it's not, then it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, but if what God is saying and speaking into our lives is actually making a difference in the way that we live, so that we're spurring one another on to good works, so that we are actually seeking reconciliation. It's a, it's a, it's a theology, right? A, a theology is a study of God or belief, our understanding of God. It's a theology in a faith that is not empty. It's yeah. put into practice. Yeah, if like have, empty words. It's not that. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you have, so if you have faith or if you have theology but you don't have practice, well, then you just have empty orthodoxy. Well, uh, I got to ask you, um, what would that look like to rec- Like, let's say there's an issue between the two of us. What is it? What's that very simple example? So I don't. Okay, so I'll give a, I'll give a real example, not just a simple example. Um, and uh, I brought this up in Bible study last night, and so I won't mention names because I don't know if the person listens to the podcast or if those of you who listen know know the individual. So it wouldn't be fair to, <laughs> to mention the <laughs> name. Um, but since I'm involved in it, I don't mind to bring it on on uh, my side of it. So. Somebody left the church. Mm, hashtag you know, not not uh, newsflash or anything. But, I mean, people leave the church all the time. People leave churches all the time, sure. for regardless of whatever the reasons. But someone had left the church. They weren't happy, <clears throat> and um, their unhappiness was 
vomited all over somebody else who was still at the church. Oh. And all of a sudden, they got unhappy. So they took it upon themselves to send me a nice long email about it. Um, and um, I said a lot of nasty, mean things. Anyways, and it, was, it, it actually came at a time when, or on a day, um, I had a lot of other stuff going on. Like I, I had traveled to Lexington that day. Um, yeah, a funeral for the child, uh, Fallon, that I've been talking about who had passed away. So that happened on that day. Um, this most recent funeral I did for one of my soldiers, the mom of the, of the two, like that was also like right before I got that message, um, I had just spent probably two hours with her and she's pouring out her heart with, you know, this fear of tests coming up and, you know, you know, she might find out the worst news, which she did. Yep. Um, and so anyway, so I read this email, like right after that conversation, Here. right? Now. <laughs> so, um, so I knew I had to let it rest, right? Cause I wasn't going to respond in any kind of reconciling way. Um, so anyways, so I let it rest and then I responded later because I really, I, I mean, it, part of me was bothered that she had been drugged into this, you know, and, and part of me was bothered by, I was like, well, you're, you're saying all kinds of things and you only know one side of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is not even true. Um, so anyway, so I finally just responded and I said, look, Hey, here's what I can own. And I owned what I could own of it. And I said, um, and they didn't want me, they were like, I don't you know, want you to, if you're going to respond to this and be defensive, then you don't even have to respond. And I was like, Whoa. okay, well, I'm not offering a defense. Whoa. I said, but I would love to actually meet with you face to face. And if you want to hear my perspective, I'll give you my perspective without offering any defense whatsoever. Again, I can own this part. Here's what I didn't do a good job at, but I can't own all of this. Um, and anyways, Long story short, she ended up replying and, and almost kind of started with an apology and said, you know what, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should, I should have talked to you in the first place. And then by the time, you know, it was a couple of days later that we actually got to sit down and talk with each other face to face, it was the most incredible meeting. Um, you know, they're still here. Um, they're still plugged in. You know, they don't just come to church. They serve at this church and they're a part of it. But reconciliation was, was able to happen where someone was getting ready to walk away based over what something else, what somebody else said. So to our text, right? I don't, I don't know if that was worth the time that it took me to explain all that and leave out a bunch of details anyways. But to our text, I didn't do anything to her. Yeah. I was not mad at her. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't upset with her, but it was my sister who had something against me. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus is talking about. You find out somebody's got something against you, no matter whether you did it, didn't do it, said it, got manipulated, misconstrued, whatever. No, our responsibility as people who belong to him is to go and make things right. Well, um, a couple of things come to my mind. Have you ever heard the saying that's like between people that are married, um, whose responsibility is it to um, apologize first and they're like the, the person that's closest to Jesus? <laughs> or I think I said it backwards. It's like, oh, did I say it backwards? No, I think you said it right. It's basically whoever apologizes first is the closest to Jesus. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, I totally, you all, I totally <laughs> messed that up. But but you get you get the idea. And so a lot of times, like, that's kind of in my mind. And it's not like a race, you know, a one-upmanship or anything like Mm-mm. that. But I'm usually like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to make you feel that way. I'm sorry. You know? Um, and that sort of at least settles it a little bit. Uh, so I guess I just thought I should say that because a lot of times it, it, it can be between you and your spouse or, Lord, in your position, it was some someone you didn't even know was upset with you. 
Um, and then it just made me think that the devil is just always in oh. in the um, the nitnya, like yeah. the gossip and the words yep. and the just. I think we have to be so aware of how he can just misconstrue everything. Everything. And I think that was one of the things, I don't know if I'll be able to find the passage um, while we're sitting here talking, but that was, that was even one of the things that, I, that I'd sent um, in reply um, before, you know, before we got together um, was basically addressing um, you know, the, the work of the enemy yeah, and all of that. Yeah, the because, work of the enemy. Um, because the enemy is at work. And so I, I actually quoted a passage that I don't quote very often um, at all. And um, it's in one of the Corinthians, maybe First Corinthians. Um, but in that, like Paul is basically saying, like he, he, like he's calling out the devil. Like we should reconcile with one another. Like we should seek it out. And because when we don't, um, basically we're 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 setting ourselves up um, for an attack from Satan for Satan to be able to get um, a foothold. So, anyways, I let's see if I can pull. Yeah, it's just opening yourself, kind of saying like, Second, okay. Here, I got it. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Um, uh, so that Satan may not outwit us, for we are unaware of his schemes. So Paul, so yeah, that's just a, a little little snippet of it. Second Corinthians chapter 2, if you want the full context. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul's addressing how the enemy works and basically like, don't give them a foothold. Call it out. Don't let them get in your heads or in your hearts or get between you um, because the enemy is working to outwit us. Mm-hmm. Outwit. Outwit. Mind. Well, and aren't we supposed to pray for discernment like can, uh, all the time? I don't know about you, Shane, but I'm constantly, especially in this world right now, it seems like everything's changing. It's like mm-hmm. nothing is as it used to be. I'm like, I just always am praying for discernment in, in my relationships, in my words, in the things that I watch and see. And so I think that discernment in, in what you hear about somebody else, mm. because likely it's not true or right. misconstrued, or this is just a message sent straight from somebody else that you just don't want to hear. And so anyways, the, the, the praying for discernment, I think, is vital in mm. our quiet time. Oh, absolutely. And, and we, you know, most of the time we can only discern what we know. And I'm not, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm convinced we don't always know too much. Like there's not, there's not so much that we can't, you know, yeah. we, we can only discern what we know and what we know is not a whole lot in the first place. So, you know, praying for that discernment, seeking God in the discernment and entrusting him with it. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you just said that because I was just reading the story about Alicia, um, Elijah's servant. Eli- Elisha. Gosh, y'all. Elisha? Elisha. I was praying about Elisha. Um, But remember (laughs) that he was about to go to battle, right? Mm -hmm. And God kind of opened his spiritual eyes Mm -hmm. and he saw God's army. But he was the the only one, right? right. He was the only one that saw it. And I was explaining to my kids, you know, God can do that. He can open your spiritual eyes, you know, and that's part of discernment. Like he can let you in on why he's doing something or or what that might look like or what it sounds like and that's just like what I've been praying for 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 myself and so if if we just go back to just that that one story i mean that that could have just helped this situation that you're mm-hmm. talking about or situations in your own life just god open up my spiritual eyes and give me the discernment to make the right choice and say the right things and yep. really and truly it's usually to say nothing at all <laughs> Oh, for sure. For well, and I, something that I've gotten in the habit of of saying, um, I feel like more often than not here lately is eyes up. Um, you always say that, I, and I, I guess I realized it, but I realized it with my friend Blair when Josh yes. was was you know dying and, and died. 
Um, but throughout that whole thing, I just caught myself saying eyes up. You said eyes it up, all you know? the time. Well, you know, up. my husband was pretty sick with COVID. No, he did not pass away like yeah. your friend. But you saw that I was like visibly stressed. Mm-hmm. He was in bed for 16 days. And for someone that does CrossFit every day, um, it's pretty scary. Yeah. And you said you 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 saw me at the gym and I was like Shane like I'm kind of worried and you were like eyes up and I remember just getting teary eyed and walking away. <laughs> it's like just, you're not going to see me cry. <laughs> it, it, and that's the thing I think it, you know it's it's keep looking up and that's the whole idea the whole of the focus and don't look around. We we live our lives so much of looking around and we yeah, don't look do up. And when it comes to reconciliation, because I don't know if I'll say this on Sunday in, in the message or not. So Is this I wanna, free chicken? So I want to say it now in case I don't say it or, you know, um, or I forget to say it or whatever. And like, yeah, so it's free chicken because I guess it's just for me personally. Yes. Um, but, you know, now it's for everybody, I guess. Um, when I think about reconciliation, I think it's important. So this idea of pursuing reconciliation, let me start there. Okay. And, going and making it happen. Because the title of my message on Sunday is, um, you gotta work to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta work. If you wanna see this happen, you have to work it. It doesn't just fall in your lap. It's not just gonna come to you. Reconciliation do- doesn't happen to us. We have to pursue it. And I think it's so easy to look at ourselves and to look around and not pursue reconciliation and not be faithful to this thing that Jesus asked us to do because it's hard and it's not easy and we're so freaking selfish sometimes, you know? And just righteous. Like, I know I'm or right. Self-righteous. Like, uh, self-righteous. Yes. Yeah. They, we're not like the the whole idea about Matthew and the Pharisees, like, being like them, right? Isn't yeah. That, right. Um, but, yeah, it's like, I'm. well, I think I said it earlier, like, seek to make it right, not to be right. Yes. And I know, I mean, I get it, y'all. I do it, too. <laughs> yes. It's all the time. Well, and the... When you look up at Jesus, eyes up, right? When you look up or you consider what Jesus has done or the example he's given us, for me, that's enough on the reconciliation piece because that's exactly what he did. Yeah. The part of that, the part of Paul's passage where he says that we are ministers of reconciliation, he goes on to make the point or makes the point before that, um, just as in Christ, God reconciled you to him. So how did God reconcile us? By sending his son, Jesus. Jesus went to us, pursued us. Oh, if your brother or sister has something oh, so against you, like Jesus is asking us to do. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like stay in heaven done. in his super comfy chair next to God being like, do what I do. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. No, you, no, no, no. That's You great. are being much like Jesus when you are pursuing reconciliation. Whether you want to or not, when you do it, you're being much like Jesus. Maybe the most like Jesus in those moments. Well, and like, you know, it's not... <laughs> You're not going to get a gold star. Nope. And no one's probably even going to see you quietly reconcile whatever situation it is, but God sees you. That's what I said the other day. Something similar happened to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they were talking about me like that. That's so mean, you know? <laughs> and um, I, I just told myself, like, I'm not going to make it a big deal. I'm going to be as nice as I can to this person because it. I don't I don't really know why she was saying those things about me, but I'm like, it's fine. And I'm yeah. like, God sees what I do, and God knows my heart. And I just left it at that. And, I, you know, I, I think that's the whole thing is I'm, I'm not going to get a gold star for, um, you know, I, I could have called her out and been like, why are you talking about me? You know, yeah. but but I'm not going to do that, you know. And so I, I think quietly um, just being the peacekeepers, mm-hmm. not makers, peacekeepers. <laughs> no, did I say it wrong again? It's, it's peacemakers. No. I know what you mean. Peacemakers, not peacekeepers. 
<laughs> we're, we're, we're supposed to be what? <laughs> we're supposed to be peacemakers. Okay. Not peacekeepers. Just listen to Shane. I'm just the question asker. <laughs> just when in doubt, you're not the UN. Okay. Peace UN maker. peacekeepers. We are, UN yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, when in doubt, UN. I'm not the UN. You're not in the UN. Okay. I'm going to still mess it up. All right, guys. So Shane's message on Sunday is going to be awesome. And we hope that we gave, gave you another side to it. If we get snowed out or something, then we'll just have to save it for another day. Don't preach it another day. And then uh, don't forget that we still have my idea of what to expect when expecting. And no, it has nothing to do with being pregnant, okay? All right, you guys, we love you. And we thank you for listening. And pass this on to a friend if you loved it as much as we did. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.